0: To the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies, to TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off the limits, and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges, and this is Man Chatter. going on people early in the morning here it's 9 39 in the morning getting ready to do another episode with my boy josh lopez we did one a couple of days ago but full disclosure the audio wasn't very good so had to move on from it man um what happened yesterday before we get into this episode with josh um not much really man just did some more stuff around the house got to uh got to relax for a little bit after the gym Finally getting back into that man It's probably been the same amount of time I haven't done a podcast It's about the same amount of time I haven't been to the gym So I've kind of let myself go man so that pants ain't that cool when that's the only thing you fit in man So And you feel comfortable in So I'm trying to get back in my groove um, Did some cooking Cooked up some chicken Wife came home and she made some brown rice And Pork she knows how to cook pork, or not and pork. Not pork. Pork isn't a thing. Pork and uh, you know, and had that for dinner. So that was that was good times, man. You know, still doing my uh, my intermittent fasting, so I won't eat again till noon. There's probably in about two hours. So on this podcast, man, uh, Josh is going to talk about you know financial literacy and. And what what plans are what what your plans could be should be for retirement and different avenues of income that you might have and different ways to actually have a retirement because you know being thirty four years old I feel like there's people in my age bracket that aren't as prepared to retire and to even or even plan on it you know so talk, we'll talk about budgets and different things that uh that pop up man all right guys enjoy the show. What's up what's going on, my brother? Hey man, I'm good, man. I'm good. So, what you up to today, man?
1: Uh today, uh, today, really just you know reaching out to people, just kind of working on a couple of different projects I'm doing right now. Um, so, today is a good day. It's kind of a light day for me, so
0: not too bad. All right, that's good. So, if people who don't know, you know, I tell them, I'll give them the little backstory. Me and you did a, did an episode, did a recording on Monday, but the audio didn't come out very good. So, we want to make sure it's smooth, it's crystal, it's clear, and so we we put the best foot forward. You know what I mean? Like this is this is your business, this is what you do, and this is this is what I do. So, wanted to make sure it was crystal. So, we had to reconnect. Gladly, good thing we both had time on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Right, it's Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday yeah. morning, and get back in and record it again, bro, and and do it all up, man. So tell the people what you do, Josh. Like take. take take is yeah, it, what. This is like take take seventeen. Yeah, definitely take seventeen for sure, for sure, bro. So uh, you know, I, I'm
1: uh, I work in the financial industry. You know, I, I help people with uh, different kind of needs. I've uh, been doing this for uh, a couple of years now. You know, uh, I do have. Uh, pretty extensive sales background, been in in a lot of different uh, uh, industries where uh, I really learned a lot about people, people's needs, and just really trying to figure out how I can best service them. You know, right now, really where I specialize in is in helping people do a couple of things. You know, if it's a family, young family, um, senior citizens doesn't really matter what their age brackets are what what their situation is um, everyone needs life insurance you mm-hmm. so know it's one of the things that i i just push every single day out in social media to people that i meet um because that's one of the things that as a society we've kind of veered away from um you know a lot of people they solely depend on what's what's given to them from their employers uh, without, real, without really facing the reality that, um, you know, people don't stay at their jobs for 5, 10, 15, 20 years anymore so much. You know, people bounce around from job to job, and, and you know, it's, it's not uncommon for layoffs, not uncommon to to get let off for just ridiculous reasons. So when that happens, whenever you part ways with your employer... Um, you end up with no life insurance, anything happens to you, um, you know, your family, instead of you passing down a legacy, instead of you passing down um, some security for your family, now you passed on some burdens and problems, um, because now your family has to worry about um, taking care of you know, funeral expenses and any, any other um, debts that you pass along when you pass away. And then the other the other spectrum that I, I work a lot with my clients is in helping them to understand different options for retirement um, by using and utilizing a lot of uh, financial concepts and strategies with insurance. Um, so in the nutshell, that's what I do. Um, I work with a lot of families, um, just really trying to help them protect um, and, and secure their finances.
0: Okay. That's, that's crazy. So what, what got you into that, that field, man? Like what got you into wanting to help, uh, people plan out their lives and doing like life insurance and stuff like that? Well, I mean,
1: I I think it's pretty typical. I mean, for, you know, throughout my, my working life, you know, we've always been told, Hey, put your money into a 401k, um, you know, or, or do something along that line. And, uh, you know, that's going to secure something for retirement for you if you want to um, really make your money work for you, learn how to work the stock market, learn how to invest your money, um, different things like that. So a few years ago, um, you know, I, I make a really good money. I decided, hey, this is the time when, you know, I'm in my 40s. I really don't have a whole lot of time to play around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be, you know, hitting my retirement ages in another 30 years. So I want to start learning how to invest my money. So I reached out to a couple of business people that I knew and I told them, you know, hey, let, let, let me connect with some of your, your finance people. And with one of my business partners, you know, he basically told me, hey, sit down with this young lady. She's going to talk to you about a couple of different options that, that might be appealing to you. And I sat down and she started talking to me about uh, life insurance. Mm -hmm. and uh, index universal life policies to be exact. And um, it was something that really blew my mind. Just understanding the concepts, um, really hearing about a vehicle where I can put my money into, I can contribute into this, I'm going to, you know, I have the the possibility of, of getting the same type of gains I would if my money was directly tied to the market, but no risk of loss um and then on top of that you know whenever i was ready to retire i'd be able to get some tax-free distributions um which would supplement whatever other retirement planning i have so you know it really appealed to me and i was listening to this and it kind of triggered something in my head where i was like you know i wonder how many people out there don't know about this and i studied more about it i did a lot more research and I was like, you know, this is something that I need to share with people. I need to educate um, the, the communities, especially the minority communities, because this is more in tune and more aligned with, you know, our our middle income uh, and lower income families. Yeah. So, you know, it's a mission. It's really something that I I push as well. Um, because let's face it, man. You know, when you're, you know middle income, lower income. We're not thinking about these kind of things. We're not thinking about what's going to
0: happen 20, 30 years down the road. We're just trying to survive right now. Yep, 100%. And, get, you know, and that's just the reality. And then not
1: only that, you know, we've all gone through school. No one's talking to us about, hey, these are some of the things you're going to have to face when you get older. They're not giving us financial literacy. They're, they're not trying to explain
0: to us how money works. They're just, you know... Doing the bare minimum. Without getting into, yeah, they're, they're teaching us
1: how to be obedient. They're teaching us how to learn what they have there um, with those agendas. And we're not really being taught what real life
0: is about. So yeah. um, these are the things that, I, that, that really drew me
1: to the business and to the, the industry. And, I mean, I'm loving it, man. It's like when I see that families are, are starting to jump on board, and they're securing this for their kids. People are putting, you know, putting policies for their kids. But when they grow up, they have money that they can utilize for, you know, start businesses, for college, for whatever it may be. Um, it's just it's, it's something that, that that really makes me
0: happy, you know. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a like a giving business. It's definitely something you're doing for other people. So. I know last time on on the on take 12 of our recordings we talked about we talked about like budgets and stuff like that right cuz it's not just cuz we you know we talked what was it I think the stat you gave me was 75% of families 75% of people in America don't have uh what $500 in their savings account or don't have a savings account at all so what what are yeah, some man, I mean that's... Go ahead so what what are some well, I mean, I'll go, I'll go. So what are some, what are some things that people can do to better themselves in their situation? Cause in reality, like wages, you know, like given the whole full picture, like wages are stagnant. So check to check when everything else is going up is, is such a reality that it's, it's almost like you're in quicksand. Like, how do you pull yourself out of that? Yeah. The, the stats
1: right now is 75% of people in America, they're living paycheck to paycheck. That means everyone's struggling from week to week. You know, um, a few things that go online with that that I try to to teach people. You know, is number one, um, we have to learn how to really manage our money. We have to control our money. It doesn't matter if you're working at McDonald's. It doesn't matter if you're making a hundred grand somewhere else. If you're not living on a budget, and what I you know, I think the perception of a budget is. you only do a budget when you're in trouble. It's, it's almost like, you know, hey, I only pray to God when, when you know, everything's falling down on me.
0: Right, now, right. you got
1: to do this daily. You know, you, you have to sit there and you have to control your finances. If you're not doing that, you lose control. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but one of the things that I did several years down the road when when I really started understanding that, hey, I know how to make money. I just don't know how to save money or invest money is you take 30 days to 60 days and you sit there and you actually just jot down every single penny that you're spending.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, at, at the end of 30 days, you sit down and you're
0: like, this is ridiculous. Yep. You know, you, you, you check out how much money
1: you spent just eating out for dinner, for lunch, how much, you know, you, you're playing, you know, for lottery, um, just nonsense, you know what I'm saying? And then before you know it, um, you realize... the the reality that your money is out of control, you know? So, um, first things first, you got to control your money, you know? Um, and then the second thing is you have to start disciplining yourself to start investing in yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're, if people are able to, you know, jump into 10% of everything that you make and just invest that money. If, if you're a business owner, if you're looking to create, a, you know, a, a, another stream of income, put that money towards that, you know. Um, if you could do 20%, that's even better. For some people, they may have to start with 5%, you know, and just really start
0: using that money for something. You know, you got you to learn how to make your money work for yourself. Right. So those are definite tips that I put out there, you know
1: too many people there are living above their means. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, The Millionaire Next Door. It's something that I read a few
0: years back. I haven't read that, no. And they did a study on, no, it's an awesome book. They actually
1: did a, a major study on a lot of, you know, very wealthy people. And, you know, the perception that America has right now for, for you know, the, the rich and the famous is they got to, got to show it all out you know you have to have the most fanciest cars you got to have the imports you have to have the humongous houses um you know vacation at the Riviera all the time um where that's really not the fact there's a large percentage of wealthy people dude they drive around in and you know fords that are several year old several years old um they they just very frugal mm-hmm. and so they try to live below their means because for them it's more important to make sure that they have funds set aside and they're living comfortably and they have more freedom to do what they want than being tied down to debt.
0: You know, so um, that's a lot of the, uh, the education that we try to pass along. No, yeah, like I, I could tell you, like for for my experience, like when uh, when I paid off my car, you know what I mean? Like I was like, the old, the younger Ben would have been like, oh, I can get a new one now. But you know, my wife's like, nah, look, it's paid off now. This is money that you could that you could save, and we could save up for our house. So once we uh once we figured that out, you know what I mean? I was like, what? Well, I don't really need a new car. You know, mine runs perfectly well. And then you keep it, and then you don't have that that debt of twenty, thirty thousand dollars that can hit you when you get a new car and you have car loan and you're paying off interest and you have. Car insurance that goes higher because the car doesn't belong to you. Yeah, it's definitely things that people don't talk about. And it's things that, things that I never thought about. You know, it's like, yo, I just want the, I just want the new hotness. You know, I just want something new for, uh, for me because, you know, it shows that I'm, I'm succeeding in something. When, when in reality, you're just portraying that out to other people and you're not, and you're not, and you don't have anything in your savings or your checking, you know? You're just living out this fantasy that you believe that the rich would do. When, yeah, in reality, like I've worked with doctors who are easily millionaires and they drive like a 1990 Toyota Camry or a ninth, you know what I mean? Like they don't and it works well and they don't they don't care because they're planning they're going on great trips and they're planning for their future and they have kids that they're paying for school, you know what I mean? And all these different things. So it's, it's definitely a different a different mindset and it's definitely something that the lower income and the middle income of america need to need to realize and have a almost a class on so that's you know that's why i wanted to have you on here because it's things people don't talk about you spend your money on frivolous things like i i'm I'm a victim of that like i spent my money on shoes like crazy when i was younger you know now it's like i i I run a shoe down until it's totally done and then i move and then i get another one you know what i mean i used to just buy i used to buy like two three pairs of shoes every couple weeks you know, because I have, I had a shoe problem, but then it was like, man, I'm, I'm spending three, four hundred dollars a month on these shoes, and I don't, and I don't do that anymore, you know what I mean, my wife was like, you have an insane amount of shoes, you probably don't need shoes ever again, because, you know, for men, for men, we don't have, we don't have that luxury, like women do, of like, them buying, like, sandals, and, you know what I mean, a different kind of shoes that they, that they could wear all the time, for us, it always has to be sneakers, you know what I mean, so it's like, so that's the that's the excuse I gave, and I'm I'm still giving. So I I need options, man. Like I need to make sure it fit. You know what I mean? I, I I like options in my sneakers. So that's that's another thing that that going back to what you were saying is is a factor in you know what I mean? Like in where you spend money that you don't realize it, and then you're not planning for the future. Yeah,
1: and I, and I think everyone has some form of addiction, man. I had a thing with watches. I, I you know. You, you, you get something like Amazon, and you see the watch collection there, and boom, before you know it, you just watch after watch after watch, and then, you know, you sit down, and you're like, okay, I, I, I got to stop, because this yeah. is crazy. How many watches does a man need, you know? And uh, same thing with shoes, dude, you know? and it, Again, it just comes down to um, this is what we see, you know? This, this is what's portrayed in, in, in entertainment and in media. You know, everybody wants to be the big ball player. Everybody wants to be that. You know, that like that rapper with you know twenty, thirty different shoes. Um, it's just what we see, so it's what we know. You know, as you know, the good thing is that you recognized it and you're like, "Hey, all right, enough is enough." How many shoes do I need? You know.
0: Um, Full disclosure, though, I d- I didn't recognize it. My wife told me I should recognize it, and then I recognized. it. <laughs> Because the the problem was well, real. Know. The problem was real up until she was like, "Hey, you have enough shoes." You are like, "Damn, I do have enough shoes." So. <laughs> well, we always need that that good that good uh, partner who's going to help us to recognize the problem. You know, no, hundred um, percent. But yeah, dude. I mean, you know, I, I think I think that's if people could just
1: start small, just do from there. You know, just really understand where they're spending their money and then come up with a game plan on how to change things, you know, um, that's going to help out significantly. You know, um, too many people right now, you know, they're just looking at that instant gratification, and you, they got to start thinking long-term. And that's something, again, we haven't really been conditioned that much growing up these past couple of generations to stop thinking long-term,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, with what I do. When I sit down with someone... I I try to get them to start seeing that, you know, um, you know, and I'll ask them and I'll ask you, you know, when it comes to your retirement, you know, think about how many years you still have left and, you know, do you feel prepared for it? Do you feel prepared if an emergency came up and you needed five, 10 grand to pull out, you know, are you in that, in that position to do so? You know, um, these are serious concerns. These are things that everyone needs to think about. And if you're not prepared for it, you're going to be one of those, you know, senior
0: citizens that's working in Walmart, welcoming everybody inside the store. When you're like 75 or 80 years old. Yeah. You know, um, you know, people are retiring just to go
1: back to work and that's not cool. You know, um, it, it, that's not the way it was designed to happen, and you know. So, so the earlier you you think about it, the earlier you prepare for it,
0: the better off you're gonna be. You know. Right. So, um, so yeah, my, see? I know. So, one thing I wanted to ask you, and uh, sorry to cut you off, but one thing I wanted to ask you is like, oh. what what is the like, what should the, what should the average person try to save up to? You know what I mean? Like, what should be the goal? And, and also, what's the most realistic? Because again, wages aren't going up. Most people are underpaid and, un, and, and don't work as, you know what I mean? Like, underpaid for their position and so on and so forth. So what, what can the average person do? I mean, I don't know if you got the answer. What can, what can the average person do to reach the goal that they need to get to? And what's the goal? Like, what's, is it 150,000, 250,000, 400,000? Like what's, cause you also don't know. Here's the other crazy thing. Like you also don't know how long you're going to live, right? Like what if you planned, like I don't, I would like, cause I've, these are the questions that I've never asked. So like if you retire at 65, like most people think they can retire at, I don't know if I could, I'll be able to retire at that age. But if you retire at 65 and then you go to, and then you live to 85, but you only had 10 year money. You know you only had up to seventy-five year money because this happened or that happened. Then what happens in those like I mean, I don't know, I know you don't have those questions because there's a lot of variables, but I think that's I think that's the reason why people have been the instant gratification because why worry about it then when I can use it now? Because I don't know how long I'm gonna live then. I think is how people look at it. And I know I can speak for myself. I know that that's how I looked at it. That's why I bought the shoes, the cars uh the the watches the colognes, you know what i mean spend my money on all these different things instead of putting it away towards savings or a life insurance bill or or different things because i don't i don't know if tomorrow because you don't know if tomorrow is promised and and with the political climate with the way it is with the social security being taken away medicaid being ripped apart you know we're not gonna have i guess speak we, like we're not gonna have the same benefits that you're not gonna have the same benefits that your parents or my parents or my grandparents had. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna get they're not gonna get the same thing. So we might have to pay out of pocket for insurance and have some ridiculous insurance if things keep going the way they're going. And then we're not gonna be in the same position. You know what I mean? So it's it's a scary thing to to put money away to retire when you don't know what the what the political climate or what or what insurance climate is gonna be like. You get me? No, you bring a lot of valid
1: points up. And uh, let, me, let, me, let me try and answer the best I can with some of the points you brought up. Um, first thing is, number one, with, you know, as far as when people really look sitting down and they're looking at what their income looks like and they're facing the reality, hey, I don't have a lot of expendable money. I don't really have um, a whole lot that I can actually work with. Dude, one of the things that I always preach and I try to tell people, hey, you know, if you don't have more than one income stream, you're going to be in trouble. And I don't know what that means. You know,
0: what what, what that means for every individual could be a little different. Right. For me, um, I've always tried to focus on having a side hustle.
1: When I was in corporate America, I had my side businesses. I made sure that I had different streams of income coming into me. Because I never wanted to rely on just one income. So that gave me a lot of flexibility. Um, so I always encourage people. For some people, that may mean having a full-time and a part-time job. For other people, it may mean, hey, you know, there's this one thing that I'm very passionate about. I've got a good, solid job. Let me work on that as well, and I can have two, two streams of income. For other people, it could be, hey, I've got a, a solid job. Maybe I have enough money where I can... Look into investing in, in real estate, into properties, doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know the other point that you brought up, and I agree hundred percent. We we can no longer depend on the government to give us our subsidies for when we when we retire. Yeah, that's that's a lot of false hope right now, and that's the reason why I really enjoy. Work in the insurance side of the industry is because that's still one of the well, that's still one of the the areas where it's not being hit by the government. Which what I mean by this is, right now um, you can still, you know, and this has been designed this way from a long time ago, from back in the early 1900s, with whole life policies, with permanent life policies. Back then, business people, they understood, um, if I have one of these policies and I build up cash growth on here, I basically create my own banking institution. I can borrow against that money, and I can use that for things that come up. I can use that to start businesses. I can use some of that money to invest. Um, Walt Disney, for example, he used money from his, from his insurance to start up Disney World. Yep. A lot of people don't know about. There's a lot of different examples where some of the, the, the largest corporations, largest businesses out there were started with money that was funded from an insurance policy. Um, so, right now, currently, as it stands with the tax laws and with what's out there, um, you can strategize using, again, Index Universal Life, which is basically a whole life policy on steroids where you can set it up, you can strategize it, you can contribute to it, and when you get to those retirement years, um, that's designed to you know, outlast anyone. It's going it's to fund you until you turn 121 years old. You know, These days, people are living longer. Statistically, um, society, you have, man, I, I forgot the number off the top of my head, but people are hitting those 90, 95, 100-year-old ranges more so than not. So, we're outliving what the average lifespan is. Um, so, you know, unless something chaotic happens in your life, you can pretty much, you know, take the chance and say, yeah, I'm
0: going to live to be a, a, a good age. Yeah. Um, let me not depend on what's already out there. Let me be proactive and set something up. Hey, we can all pass. So, you know, I, I could die walking my dog outside. Yep. Yeah. You know? or, or your dog or Vader can't kill you. To be or, or Vader could kill you. Just turn around one day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it could happen. <laughs> yeah, like, like I tell you right now. Like yesterday, yesterday. As a matter of fact, right now I could be fucking killed by some cows because I guess they took. You know, next door I have cows. You've been to my house, so just changing the subject real quick. They had a the cow hasn't stopped crying all night, bro. So I think they took away the baby. And I was like, if I'm thinking, if I run out there and the cow, the cows on a on a on a anger binge. That shit rushes the thing and runs me down. It can kill me because the cow's 2,500 pounds. I was like, that's a terrible way to go, but like, it, it could just happen the moment I step outside my door. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's true. You're, people, are, people are bringing it back. Like, people are living longer, so you gotta plan for those situations, but it, do, it does have to be by a case-by-case basis because you can make, if you make 50, your your plan is gonna be different even than somebody that makes 60 to 70. You know what I mean? Cause that's, that's, that's a huge difference in, in, in gap. And, you know for the average person that's roughly what they make most people make less i think there's like i think i saw a stat once it's like 40% of americans live under the under the poverty line even though they work a full-time job because their their income to debt ratio is like crazy they only make like 20 to 25,000 but they have three kids and I, like you know anywhere from like one and a half to three kids or some crazy shit like that so it's it's definitely a case by case basis and those and those people are the ones that feel the most defeated and those are the ones that have to like come up with a plan, I guess, I mean, like, I, I know, when I used to make that kind of money, when I was working at a, at a supermarket, there was no plans, like, I got my check, that, that check got burned, that check got burned immediately, I bought, I bought stupid stuff with it, you know, bought clothes, bought this, bought that, you know, I was, like, 16, 17, and, because it's true, because in high school, they don't teach you any of that stuff, bro, like, they don't, they don't teach you anything, like, hey, look, when you get this, you should put this money, because if you, put, imagine if 16-year-old Josh, when he had a job, Put away twenty percent of his income this whole time. You know what I mean? Like, look, think about the the finance. Oh yeah, think think about that financial position you be in, that's a very quick class to do, bro. Like, it, it could be like a half course. Like, hey guys, if you put this kind of money away, this is where you could be. You know, when you start seeing numbers, shit, they could teach you the math. You know what I mean? If they, if you start seeing the numbers, you're gonna be in a way better financial position. Then you then if you save that money, you won't be in the debt that you have. Like let's say with school loans, because you'd be able to pay that off differently. Then you'd be able to get, you know, you'd be able to get out of the you'd be able to get out of your parents house, buy a home, buy a rent an apartment, you know, get out from that and then do the adulting things instead of now. There's people uh, the generation, my generation and generation under me are staying, staying at home longer just because they can't afford to live on their own. You know what I mean? Because because of school loans, because they don't they don't have any kind of financial planning. They're just kind of winging it as they go along and chances are their parents are doing the same thing because they weren't taught either. You know what I mean? So it's it's not... Yeah, that, man, it's, it, it's, it's
1: crazy. It, it's, it's really crazy.
0: Yeah. So tell me about, was it Index... Was it just called Index Life Insurance? Yeah,
1: index Universal Life.
0: Yes. Okay, so tell me more about that, bro. Well, this is the thing with Index Universal
1: Life. And you did hit a couple of good points, you know. It's... As much as I would love it to be for everyone, there are going to be some people where they're going to sit back and say, hey, you know, um, you know, it, this may not be for me. One of the things I do when I sit down with someone I do presentation, I ask a lot of questions. I definitely want to see what their lifestyle is, what their expectations are, what, what is it that they're trying to pursue, and I'll see what I can fit with them. Um, Index Universal Life really is designed for that person who yeah, they're thinking long-term. They're, they're ready to make a commitment to contributing what they have to contribute to where when they hit those retirement ages, right now, for Social Security, it's more in the 66, 67 range. Um, and then what the way it works is basically you have two parts to the Index Universal Life. You have the part that's the insurance. So um, when someone comes on hey, and they, they get a policy, you automatically qualify for a death benefit, which means if you get killed by that that crazy cow next door, hit by a car, semi, you know, you pass away from illness or whatnot, um, whoever your beneficiary is, they're going to receive that death benefit. Um, and again, that's tax-free. So you're passing something along to your family. Um, the other benefit, the second benefit, which are living benefits. Um, with what the, What does that mean? So if during the time that you're covered with your policy if you have a terminal illness chronic illness a critical illness there are 16 different triggers um, where you receive something um, within those triggers to have access to the money that's in that policy Um, why is that important is because a lot of people they may have life insurance but they they get diagnosed with a cancer or with some kind of debilitating illness where they can no longer work, they have to stay at home, they can't pay their bills, they have all these medical expenses building up, and life is miserable for them. This actually helps out with that so that way they have peace of mind if something like that does come up. Um, And then, of course, the third benefit, which is supplemental retirement income. When you, when you hit those ages of retirement, you act, it's actually strategized and designed for you to have uh, distributions taken out tax-free. They're taken out as a loan against your policy and is designed to make sure that you have money in there all the way until you hit that age 121. Um, the younger you are, if you're in your 20s and 30s, of course, that means you have more time to contribute, so you have to, you, you, you put less money in there.
0: Right. If
1: you're hitting your 40, 50 year range, you gotta just face the reality, and I tell people this all the time. You have to step up now, you're gonna have to really put up, and it's no different than if you had a mutual fund, or like a Roth, you know, you're gonna have to put in some serious money in there, that way when you're ready to take the money out, um, the, the cash buildup has happened, because everything works off of compound interest. Um, so
0: that's, that's in a nutshell, that's what an IUL is. All right. So, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that sounds pretty good. So why, I guess, what's the next question? I had like a question written down, but I can't find the paper. Very professional on my podcast and not whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. So I know, I mean, we've talked about this, this, I feel like this is the 20th time we've talked about this. The first time it, it, it officially goes on the record on the record. Cause you know, we had, we had 12 takes. <laughs> And we talked. We also talked about um about budgets, right? We talked about putting away twenty percent, and you talked about like you have like a, a daily, quarterly, and a monthly budget. So how do you go about doing that? You know, I'm just I'm just giving you this avenue because I feel like people, more people need to know about this. So I'm I'm letting you almost take over the show because you know you know what you're talking about. I'm just listening and I'm learning my damn self. So with, with, as far as the budgets go, you know, to, to set yourself up for for a better retirement and a better plan. What are you, what are some of your tips for that being what are you like 65 now? So being your age. <laughs> being your age, you know I me mean? you have yeah. you have you have better knowledge on this stuff. So tell me about how your budget works and what people should do to improve their budgets and their possibly their credit cuz if you improve your budget you're improving your credit cuz you're staying out of debt. So what are some of your tips for you have for that, bro?
1: You know, like, well, I'm I'm am a spreadsheet nut. I mean, I, I'm a guru when it comes to spreadsheets. So everything I do is on spreadsheets. But you don't even have to do that if, if you're not um, if if you're not very handy with doing spreadsheets or working computers. Just get a piece of paper. You know, jot down what all your monthly expenses are. You know, your living expenses, rent, mortgage, electricity. You know, all the different utilities. Um, jot everything down when it's due and. You know, put those numbers down, put down what you need, um, for food, what you need for gas, like anything that you're going to spend money on, jot it down. And here's the key. If you don't know how much you spend on, on those kind of items, that's where it comes in, where you have to take, you know, maybe 30 days and jot down every time you spend any money, because that's going to give you a realistic view of how much money you spend on certain items. You know, if you spend, you know, four hundred dollars a month on groceries, um, you know, how much are you now? how much are you spending for for going out and eating dinners? You know, if you're blowing three, four hundred bucks on that, um, maybe you need to up your grocery bill to to five hundred dollars and cut out a lot of that dinner expenses.
0: Right, right. You know, so you got to put all this stuff down. Um, then
1: once you put that all down on paper. Then you have to look at, okay, now how much money do I have coming in? How much money do I actually make? Put that down. Um, If it doesn't balance, if it doesn't match, um, then you have to start figuring out where do I need to make my cuts? You know, and going back to, you know, how much money are you spending when you're eating out? Um, Those are luxuries. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to sit down and say, hey, I've got to make serious cuts here. And that's what it comes out to a lot of times. People, you've you, you got to sacrifice those luxuries to make sure that you're living within your budget. You've got to live within your means um, and make it a priority where you start really disciplining yourself again back to the, to the investing or the savings. One of the questions you had earlier is how much should people save? You know, just off, 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 the, right, right to start. Everyone should have an emergency fund. That's going to vary with different people. Um, try to at least get three to six months worth of expenses for an emergency fund. So if you're paying out, you know, two grand a month just on living expenses, you know, you got to
0: go try and go out to six months. Yeah. And the reason for that is, again, if you lose
1: your job, you don't want to have to move in with your brother, sister or your parents. You want to maintain until you find another employment. If something comes up, you know, your your AC blows out, your car breaks down, that's money you're going to use towards that. Um, that's that's basically putting yourself in a position where you can help yourself. You don't have to take out a high-interest loan. You don't have to use your credit cards. You don't have to do things like that. So with the budgeting, write everything down. Make sure you know your money's going. And if you're like me, you're going to look at that every single day. I look at my bank account. I make sure my expenses are, are getting paid. I make sure that I'm allotting what I what I do for me. My wife and I, we both have, uh, we put down an allowance, but whenever we get paid, we take a certain amount of money. We call it fun money, miscellaneous money. That's what we use to, to go out and do what we're going to do to have fun. Once that money is gone, that's it. It's so, over. You know, the rest of our money goes to where it's going go, to go—to savings, to our insurance
0: policies, to the bills. Yeah, um, and that's re- that's really the most important part of doing a budget. Okay. Well, I've definitely learned some stuff from you today, like I always do when we talk, man. We always have good conversation. We finally did it, bro. It got it got done, man. Uh, it got done. We could do we could do this uh, once I, I, we could do this once a month as a follow up. Like as a money management tutorial thing? I mean, we could do this and keep it going so people are always educated and and in the know of what they can do and things you've learned and things I've learned, man. Nah, man. It's always fun.
1: I enjoy talking about this. And, you know, if people have questions, they can send you the questions. I can do my best to help answer them if people want to meet up. uh, I'd love to meet with uh, some of your your, your followers. Uh, Meet with people out there just to help educate, you know. I'm really not trying to sell nothing, man, just trying to educate the people if, if, if it makes sense to them. Um, you know, I'll take them on as a client. But, um, you know, the other thing I encourage people, just do your own research. Get out there and just
0: try to uh, learn things on your own as well. So, All right, my brother. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. All right.
1: Same to you, man. God bless.
0: Talk to you soon, Ben. See you so that right there ladies and gentlemen is another episode in the book i want to thank josh lopez for being a guest on the show man as always have a good one take care and get it in at at the gym or whatever you want to do i don't i feel like i'm just gonna leave that in because it was awkward and i'm just gonna just yeah peace Thanks for listening to the Man Chatter Podcast with your host as always, Ben Borges. Till next time, peace.